Hey, good morning, everybody. Let's rise up. Worship the Lord. Scripture talks about how it says, let us rejoice and be glad. This is God's day and he's made it. So let's do that. Okay, everybody? Good to see you. Your love never 
Thank you for today. We come in uh, grateful. I think that's why we show up to this place because we're a people that realize how much you've done for us. There's uh, something up there that made all this, as my great great grandfather used to say. Um, something up there that made all this. Something that something did all this. And God, you're a great mystery that probably we could never explain. But as we come into your house, we uh, kind of. Uh, Call and, and think back on all, all the things you've done. And we come in and we sing songs like, God, we're grateful for all you've done. I will, I will give thanks for all you've done. And we sing about how your love never fails because we can look back and see how good you've been to us if we really decide to be as blessed as we choose to be. And um, so, God, uh, you've given us life today. You've given us breath. And for that, we are absolutely grateful. And so, um, if we can't be there today, if something's going on in our heart and in our lives, something's in the way, um, God, we'd ask that uh, you don't remove that, but uh, we'd just be able to set that at your feet and that you would work through it and in it and uh, we'd be able to see some light bearing through to know that, um, God, there are things that you're doing all the time where we can be grateful and give you thanks and give you praise. So in this opening prayer today, in this opening worship time, uh, we hope that you hear from us that we're grateful 
and that we're just so thankful that your love never fails us, uh, even though we go through all kinds of things in life. So thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you and to be here at church uh, with some friends in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, glad you're here. Uh, while you're standing and while you're uh, up and Adam, uh, go ahead and say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in a second. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead and find your seats. Thanks so much for being here with us today. We certainly want to welcome you. Uh, if you are logging in and watching us later, thanks so much for jumping online and uh, watching uh, the service today and um, getting your worship time in. So glad you're here. Say, so, hey, my name is Billy Petty. I'm the worship pastor here at the church. Certainly on behalf of myself and our senior pastor, Dan Davis, we want to welcome you uh, to Hope Vale. If it's your first time, and inevitably, uh, Hope Vale is a really big place. Inevitably, it's uh, somebody's first time here. We won't make you raise your hand or anything like that. But I hope, hopefully... Uh, you just maybe find God in a different way or maybe a very powerful way. That's what we always hope for. We pray, pray, pray throughout the week, and we do all these things to try to create an atmosphere where people can experience God somehow, some way, tangibly. So uh, that's our prayer for you, whether it's your first time or your millionth time here. So glad you're here today, friends. Hey, um, lots of things going on. Keep a look on our website. Lots of kids stuff coming up, kids camps, Bible camps, all kinds of different things and things uh, going on in uh, family life, all sorts of stuff. And uh, community groups, all sorts of great ways to stay connected here at uh, Hope Vale. Uh, one thing we're just uh, making mention of today, and it's probably because I get my turn to uh, do announcements, is just uh, making a plug for our, our worship ministries. We don't really ever do that, but, um, you know, a lot of what we do uh, that you get to see is put on by just rock star volunteers who love to hang out and uh, either be an artist or a nerd behind the scenes. <laughs> So, and the, the, nerd, the nerdery, as we affectionately call it, uh, they love it. They love doing what they do and using their technical, technical gifts for God. And actually, you know, if, if uh, anybody has any photography or camera skills, we're looking for camera people. If you'd like to serve at church once a month or so, or, or at least even try it out, we just tell, try to tell people, well, even if you want to try it out, that'd be fine. Lots of different places to serve here at the church, and that's just one of so many. You know, kids' areas always needs uh, volunteers as well. So um, if you've been thinking, uh, maybe, maybe I can do that at least once a month or just give it a shot every f five or six weeks, uh, I, we'll take it. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll be glad and say, hey, you know what, that's awesome. And I tell you what, you know, when you're serving and making friends at church, there's no better community of which to be a part, you know, than have, be hanging around a bunch of Christians and encouraging each other and being able to be in groups where people are praying. And it really uh, strengthens your spiritual walk and your spiritual life, so... That's my plug. I'm sticking to it. All right. Hey, ushers, thanks for serving this morning. Come on uh, down and uh, we'll uh, uh, collect this morning's offering. Well, this offering is, if you are new with us, this offering is for people who call Hope Vale home. And um, if you're a member, a regular attender here, this is your opportunity to give. But if it's your first time with us, we, we say, you know what, don't, you can just let this plate pass you by and let our service, let this be a gift uh, for you today. But if you certainly want to give, we certainly want to say don't. So we just want you to know that you have uh, an, easy, an easy permission, an easy way out of that. So, well, thankful you guys are here today. And uh, let's do, uh, let's pray. We often pray and ask God's blessing on what's being given. that will just go toward resources to continue to be a blessing. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today again. Boy, Jesus, every time I uh, come to prayer uh, and come to church, I just always want to just say thank you. There's so many things that you've done. And um, so uh, with uh, what's being given today, we do pray for that. We pray that, uh, God, you would take, with, uh, take, take the little we have and make it grand for your glory. Whether it's uh, serving on a camera, being a new person, or serving behind the scenes, or um, helping somebody in our next door neighbor. Uh, just being a blessing uh, in the church or out of the church. Whatever it is, God, we pray that you would take it as a blessing. And with what's being given today, uh, with our finances, God, we ask your blessing there. God, that you would take this and uh, absolutely just make it grand. And so much of what we do in worship ministry and the, the bells and whistles to try to make an inspiring service is also um, a big deal that uh, that uh, is from, from the finances from the church. And so as we keep trying to put on worship services that inspire people, as we keep trying to take care of kids really well and, um, and have community groups that can uh, inspire each other along the walk and uh, do so many other things that we have here at church. Uh, God, we pray that everything that's given uh, is for your glory and for your advancement, for your kingdom's work. In Jesus' name.
special to be able to just come and sing to you and give you our hearts and give you our lives and ask God that you would do with them as you will. Um, God, we ask your blessing on Pastor Dan as he prepares to come. He's been working all week, thinking and praying about how um, he can uh, offer an encouraging word and a word that draws us all closer to you. Um, may your Holy Spirit speak through him and use him this day, we all pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends. Have a seat. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor uh, here at Hofel, and it is so great to worship with you and uh, engage on a beautiful uh, Sunday morning like this. Um, I love all the songs we sing, but I've told Pastor Billy before that I really like that one because um, it's a we song. It's a song that we sing together. You know, a lot of the songs we sing maybe are, are me songs that speak about our personal experience with the Lord. And, and that's important because, you know, we come to Christ individually. But I like the we songs too because we grow in Christ together. And there are times, as that song says, that we need to declare our anthem right, of love to the Lord Jesus Christ, who, as the Bible says, first loved us. Well, I'm grateful for times like these in here because of everything else that's going on out there, right? I mean, take for instance the news. It's been quite a week, hasn't it? And I suppose I could say that every Sunday that I'm standing up here. But there were a few things from this past week that really uh, caught my attention and saddened my heart. First, it appears that our president, was caught lying about paying off an adult film star to silence reports about an extramarital affair he was having with her. Both the sin and the cover-up, right? Now, I bring that up not as some kind of political statement. I mean, here at Hovell, we intentionally stay out of partisan politics. We don't choose one side over the other. And yet, in the same breath, the Christian church throughout centuries has served as a prophetic voice in society, right? And so it saddens me that this happened, right? And then it angers me to think that we've just grown accustomed to that kind of behavior from our political leaders that now we just shrug it off as if we can't expect any more from them. I think that's sad. And then this past week, we also learned more about news anchor Charlie Rose and further allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct with numerous female co colleagues, 27 new victims spanning from 1976 to 2017. Several of those reports were made to management only to fall on deaf ears. You know, from the outside looking in, it's mind-boggling to us, right, to think that behavior like that could go on for over 40 years without ever being called out, and yet it did. But yes, yet we think it's just a problem out there, you know, in the big bad world. We know that stories like these are also playing out in churches and religious institutions. Locally, many of us are aware of a recent arrest of an area priest for his illicit involvement with underage young men. For some of you, this scandal has rocked the community you live in. And that hurts me. Not only that, but you have family members. You have friends who are part of that parish, and it's devastated them. And so while I certainly feel for the victims and their families, I also feel for the congregants, right, who had so much love and trust and, and respect for their spiritual shepherd, which what, is all shattered now. And as I share that, let me be clear, you know, I don't bring that up because I think it's a Catholic problem. I don't bring that up to bash or pick on a branch of Christianity that's different than ours, because there are similar stories, right? Stories of sexual harassment, of cover-up coming out of contemporary Protestant churches like ours. This week, I read of a pastor's resignation, subsequent investigation being done out in Scottsdale, Arizona, including at Scottsdale Bible Church in Arizona, a Protestant megachurch where this man served back in the 80s and 90s, a church that were you to go into it, although it's a lot bigger, would look and feel and believe a lot like us. And then even closer to home, Pastor Bill Hybels of Willow Creek Community Church in suburban Chicago recently pushed forward 
his retirement date and step down from the, the church he founded decades ago when stories came out about former female staff members of him speaking of inappropriate behavior and unwanted advances. And, and while this story is still playing out and the facts are still emerging, it's really shake, shaken a lot of us here on staff, on our leadership teams, because this is a church, this is a leader that we've looked to and has been one of the influences in guiding us over the years. You know, unfortunately, I could go on and on. There are other stories out there about churches and pastors and boards that have used their positions of power, not only to sin against those they should have cared for, but afterwards have either looked the other way or dug in their heels and refused to admit any wrong. And every time that happens, it just further erodes the credibility of the Christian church. And not only that, but even more importantly, it disgraces the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in me saying this, it's not me, you know, wagging my finger in disgust at other people. No, this is a warning for ourselves, knowing that we as a church family are no different or any better than those who've blown it. I think of the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 of the New Testament, where after recounting the numerous failures of the people of God in the Old Testament, writes these words as a warning in verse 11 and verse 12. This is what he says, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us today for whom the culmination of the ages has come, those of us who live in this new covenant era. So, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall as well. Be careful, watch out, pay attention, learn from the mistakes of others. Don't get cocky. Otherwise, you're going to do the exact same disgusting things and wind up in the exact same disgraceful places. Well, that's quite an opening, I realize. And what I just shared there, I'm not for sure about this, but it just might be the most depressing introduction I've ever had for a message, right? (laughs) So congratulations, you're a part of Hopewell history. And I wish I didn't have to say that, but seriously though, there's a reason I wanted to bring all that up for you. Because it very much has to do with who we are here at Hopewell and the kind of church we wanna be. As you walk through the doors, as you pick up the bulletin, as you see our roadsides, we say that we are a community of grace and truth, the grace and truth of Jesus Christ, which reminds us that we need to extend grace to each other just as Jesus Christ has extended his grace to us. Why? Because no one's perfect. Because we're all gonna mess up one time or another as sinners saved by the grace of God. We're still these works in progress, so we still need grace. And at the same time, we also need to be a people of truth, people who aren't gonna ignore or gloss over our sins and our failures. Rather, we're gonna be people who own them, who confess them, and who run towards the mercy and the forgiveness of the cross of Jesus Christ, right? Grace and truth, that's us. And all these recent headlines also reminded me of a message series from the fall of 2016, a series that proved very significant in the life of our church. And a lot's happened in our church over the last 18 months, including us launching a Hopewell Church in Bay City. And so I thought that today, as many of you may be new to us, for us to revisit a foundational principle for us here at Hopewell, and that's the idea of us living a 168 kind of faith. Now, for some of you here, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been part of our church family for a while. You remember that series. But for others of you who are newer here, and as Pastor Billy said, we want to welcome you if this is your first time here. I'm sure what I said makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So let's start at the beginning. What's the significance of that number? 168. Well, if you do the math, 168 represents the number of hours in a week. There are 168 hours in a week, 24 hours a day times seven days a week. Multiply those together, fingers, toes, whatever you need to do, right? 168. 168 hours, that's how many hours you and I get every single week, no more, no less, it never changes. And it doesn't matter whether you're young or old, male or female, single, married, widowed, divorced, doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, famous or obscure, we all get the same. 
we all get 168 hours to our week. But the significance of that series doesn't have to do with the math. No, it has to do with a mindset. A mindset of how we think differently about our faith in Jesus Christ. See, for a lot of people when it comes to God and church and religion and faith, 168 isn't usually the number that first comes to mind. Rather, it's usually more like the number one. As in, when Sunday rolls around, I'm going to spend one hour at church. One hour at church, right? It's the way people think about their faith. I'm going to give these many hours to church, right? That's how it fits into my week. And then I'm going to give these many hours to work, these many hours to my family and friends, these many hours to what? Netflix, social media, Fortnite, or whatever your thing is, right? Right? And if there's anything left over, you'll fit some sleep in, right? 168 hours. That's the way it works. That's the way we usually think of our time, right? We have categories. We have a checklist. And each one of these takes up a certain amount of hours totaling, what, 168. But see, when we approach our life that way, more specifically, when we approach our faith that way, we miss out on all that God intends for us. Let me explain it this way. There is a, an approach. There is a a behavior in life and religion that goes something like this. We'll call it the one-hour-a-week approach, right? That to be a good person, that to be a good Christian means you're going to put in your one-hour-a-week at church every Sunday. And the one-hour-a-week approach plays out something like this. It's an approach where our faith is isolated from the rest of our life. Let me say that again. It's an approach where our faith is isolated from the rest of our lives. I've explained it before this way. We're like the kid who's a really picky eater, right? We have different kinds of food, but we can't have them touching each other, like our peas and our potatoes or gravy on our carrots. No, everything has to be separate and distinct. And so we, we live life like those compartmentalized plates. You've seen that with the ridges, right? This stays here, this stays here, this stays here, right? So my church life stays here, my work life stays here, my family life stays here, my inner life, entertainment life stays here. No mixing, no intermingling whatsoever. And so we approach church like that. Maybe church, you know, is kind of like the lima beans or the spinach, right? Maybe we like it, maybe we don't, but we know it's good for us. So why don't we get it out of the way so we can live the rest of our week the way we want to, right? It's a faith that's isolated from life. And so often this isolation flows from a view of religion that it's a bunch of laws we need to keep. Laws we need to keep. Do this, this, and this. And even more importantly, you better not do that, that, and that. And when you have that kind of mindset, chances are your motivation is one of guilt, right? You're either trying to make sure that you're not going to get God mad at you and to try to keep him happy, or even more importantly, you keep, more importantly, you keep on doing more because you're trying to make up for the way you've disappointed him in the past. I can't tell you how many people that I have met who are driven in life, in faith, they're driven with people, with God, by a guilt-based motivation, right? Which is all fine and good if you can keep up, but here's the thing, none of us can. None of us, not even the best of us in here, that's what scripture teaches and that's what our personal experience confirms. As a result, we go through life fearful and cautious before the Lord. We're just doing the best we can not to mess up. But when we do mess up, we hide. We hide in shame because even though we know we've blown it, we don't want to own it. Can I say that again? Even though we've blown it and we know that, we don't want to own it. And this desire to hide, by the way, isn't anything new to us in the 21st century. No, this goes all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. When our very first ancestors, Adam and Eve, after this season of pure bliss in an unstained world, rebelled against God, they chose their own way over his. But then afterwards, the temptation that looked so sweet turned so sour. They knew they had disobeyed God and disappointed him, so their cleverest solution to all that was what? They tried to hide from God. They tried to hide from God. They tried to hide from the almighty, all-knowing, all-seeing God who created them. And when God eventually confronted Adam and Eve and asked them why they were hiding, Adam gave this simple explanation. He said, I was afraid, so I hid. I was afraid, so I hid. See, sin makes us fearful. Disobedience brings on guilt, and it makes us want to hide. Why do you think all those stories I shared at the beginning aren't just about messing up, but they're also about covering up? I was afraid, so I hid. 
And see, whether we want to admit it or not, some of us, we've gotten really good at hiding in plain sight. We put on a happy face with our best foot forward. We're charming, we're clever, we're confident. But deep down inside, if we're really honest with ourselves, we know that's not the truth, that we're hiding our true selves. And we got a name for people like that, don't we? We call them hypocrites, right? Trying to fool people on the outside in the moment. Maybe we're even fooling ourselves, but we can't ever fool God. The God of this universe who, yes, is a loving Heavenly Father, but is also a righteous and holy judge who will not let our sin, let our disobedience go unpunished. See, this is the one-hour-a-week approach to life and faith, and that's what it looks like, right? It's one of isolation, and it's one motivated by guilt. But thankfully, there's another way, a different way, a better way. A 168 kind of way that makes all the difference in the world. And so here at Hofel, we want to be all in on this different way, this better way of living out our faith, 168 for the Lord. Here's what that looks like. Now, when it comes to our faith, it's not isolated from the rest of our life. No, it's integrated with the rest of our lives. So that when we say we wanna worship God, that we wanna know Jesus personally as our Savior, follow him fully as our Lord, we're not gonna limit that to one hour on a Sunday. And we're not gonna confine that within the boundaries of the four walls of a church. And the reason we do that starts with this profound yet simple truth. It's what we sung about today, John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. True religion isn't about the laws we can keep. It's about the love we can experience. The love from a Savior who, after perfectly obeying, The laws of God died on the cross in our place for our sins. And because of that sacrifice on our behalf, you and I can personally know. We can experience that love both now and forever. We experience that not by trying harder, but by trusting in completely, right? Many of us in here have gotten to that point in our lives where we said, yes, I know I need a savior. And he's made all the difference in the world. And the invitation is there for others of us to know, not know about, but know personally the love and forgiveness of Jesus. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be born again. And this kind of commitment of the heart and a loving God who's given us a Savior will change your life forever. And when that's our personal experience, guess what? The motivation changes. It goes from guilt to grace. We're no longer going through life fearful and cautious. No, we're grateful to God. We're free to passionately pursue the life he desires us to live, that if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And so when Sunday rolls around, church is no longer what? A box to check, a duty to keep, an obligation to fulfill. Just hoping we're doing enough to win God over to appease his anger. No, church is now an opportunity to thank God once again to give him our praise for the gifts of his amazing grace, for the gifts of his absolute forgiveness, for the gifts of eternal life, both now and forever. It doesn't mean we're gonna be perfect. No, this side of heaven, we're still gonna do and say and think and feel things that are gonna hurt others, that are gonna disappoint God, and that are gonna damage our own selves. But here's the difference that grace makes. When we know the grace of God, instead of hiding from God in shade, we're invited to confess our sins in honesty and humility to the Lord. Where an honest confession to God is rewarded, not punished. It's the beauty of the promise we're given in the New Testament book, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Actually, let me start with verse 8 because it paints this great contrast between a one-hour-a-week mindset versus a 168 kind of faith. John writes this. He says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, Right? It's the person who doesn't own what they've done. It's the person who's trying to put on a front and trick others and even trick, no, I haven't done anything wrong if we claim to be without sin. We deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. We are not being truthful to God. We are not being truthful to ourselves. Isolated life, motivated by guilt. But verse nine, look at this. We confess our sins, stepping into the grace of God. He, God, is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, it's because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ we can come out of hiding. 
We can be honest with him about our failings. You know, listen, there's nothing that you can tell God that's going to shock him. And, and there's no sin that's too great that it's going to cause him to break the promise of his forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Because God, our God, is both faithful and just. He will, just as he says, he will forgive us our sins. He will purify us from all our unrighteousness. See, here at Hopewell, we believe that church is supposed to be rooted in grace, not guilt. Freedom, not fear. And it's not because we're somehow special, different, or better than everyone else. No, quite the contrary. Why? Because the gospel continually reminds us that we didn't earn our forgiveness. It wasn't our goodness that blew God away. No, we are people who have been rescued by Jesus from the guilt of our sin. And that the forgiveness that is ours is solely due to his amazing grace. And so it's because of that grace, that freeing grace, that we're now invited to a 168 kind of faith where we know Jesus personally as our Savior and we also follow him fully as our Lord. See, here's how I would define what a 168 kind of faith looks like. That it means we are willing to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus every hour of our week, every area of our life, right? God, I'm going to give you every hour of my week, not just one hour on a Sunday, but every hour. And I'm going to give to you every area of my life. And so my faith in Jesus is integrated into the rest of my life. It's not isolated from it. It's not just this little compartment, right, that's reserved for one physical location called the church in one hour on a Sunday morning. It's a transformational way to think about it. It's trusting that God has our best in mind for every area of our life and that obedience to his commands leads us not into drudgery, but rather into delight that life is truly found when we are committed to doing his will in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. And so living out a 168 kind of faith means that we believe that God cares just as much about our Tuesday afternoons. He cares just as much about our Friday nights as he does our Sunday mornings. And that what you do in your home, what you do at work, matters as much as your worship here in church. I love these words from the Apostle Paul, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, well, that pretty much covers it, right? Whatever, whatever it is, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Every hour of your week, every area of your life, it's an equal opportunity to live gratefully in response to the grace of our God. It all matters to him. It really does. And so there's nothing we should fear, feeling like we have to hide certain things from the Lord because his grace is going to cover everything. It'll cover our flaws and our failures, our weaknesses and our worries. God's got it all. So stop hiding. Start trusting. Stop covering up and start reaching up, right? Boy, there's so much more I could say about this, but I, I want to spend the rest of our time today getting practical about this, what it means to live 168 for the Lord, both personally in our own lives, but then also collectively as a church. Let's start personally. If a 168 kind of faith means surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus in every hour of my week and every area of my life, then we need to let go of those things we're trying to keep away from him right? And I say that not as a guilt trip, but I say that to invite you into more life than you've ever known before. It's an invitation to integrate your faith, not isolate it. Because you know what? The more we hide, the greater we'll suffer. We will. See, God wants to bring his grace into every area of our lives where we're tempted to hide from him, right? Those areas where we feel afraid, ashamed, insecure. Because God's grace it's grace that forgives, it's grace that heals, it's grace that restores, it's grace that empowers us in ways we've never known before. And so as we think about that, the question is, you know, what part of your life have you made off limits to the Lord? Where you've posted a no trespassing sign, right? Whatever your life, have you been hiding from him? You know, for some of us, it might be our relationships, Maybe we're involved with someone who, who we know isn't best for us, right? Someone who discourages us, not encourages us in our faith. That when we are with them, we really are not our best selves. But we stay connected to them out of fear of being lonely. And so we make excuses. We, 
we justify our behavior rather than being honest with ourselves and with God. Listen, don't isolate, integrate your faith and trust the Lord with that relationship. Maybe it'll continue, maybe it will, but maybe it's supposed to end. Just have the guts to come out of hiding with it. For some of us, it might be our money. That is a huge temptation where we can construct a fence around our finances and say to God, stay away, this is mine, right? And maybe we do that out of greed and wanting more. Maybe we do that out of worry and not having enough. Whatever it is, this kind of hoarding, it's only gonna wither our souls. It's only gonna choke out our faith. Are we willing to invite God into the area of our finances? For some of us, it just might be a reality check how much we have and how much we owe. For others of us, maybe it's taking the step of a budget or paying off debts, right? Maybe it's asking for help, a humbling step. Or maybe it just means going through life more generous and open-handed with all that God's entrusted you. Listen, I'm so grateful for many of you here at Hopewell because you get this, right? You do, you, you get. That when Jesus says that a person's life does not consist in the abundance of things, you get that. You get that it is more blessed to give than receive, right? Because you know that when you invite Jesus into the area of your finances, not keep him out, incredible things happen. And for some of us, maybe it's just secrets we're keeping. You have done something hurtful, shameful in your past, but instead of owning up to it, you're pretending it's not there. You're hoping that the guilt you feel is just gonna go away on your own. Listen. It doesn't work that way. If anything, when it festers and lingers like that, it only further isolates us from God and others. And it it, it starts fragmenting who we are as people so that we really are these different selves on the outside than we are on the inside. I mean, I think of those just awful stories I shared at the beginning, stories that didn't have to happen Had these perpetrators earlier on in the game paid more attention to their conscience? Had they owned up to what they'd done instead of what? Instead of caring more about how they appear on the outside with things like status and success. Listen, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ invites us to honesty. Honesty with God, honesty with others. It's gonna hurt, but it's a way, it's an invitation into life because it is what? In the truth that we are set free. If you're wrestling with some genuine guilt that won't go away, take a courageous step of faith. Talk to a trusted someone in your life. Trust them, you trust them, right? Who can listen, who can affirm, who can give you wise counsel because when you bring secrets out into the light, that's when their power over you breaks. So don't let your secrets keep you in bondage. Yes, you can't erase your past, but the grace of God and the forgiveness you can experience can and will change your life going forward if you let it. And these are just some examples of what it means for Jesus to be Lord over every area of our our lives, every hour of our week. And I gotta say, it's been encouraging over these last 18 months to see how many of you have taken this to heart since we first talked about it. So much so that at the close of the series, you might remember I introduced a simple sticker that was about this size, right? Sticker that says 168 on it. It's not a big sticker because you're not supposed to put it in the car. No, you put it in a place to remind you because who needs to be reminded more than anyone else of your commitment to live 168 for the Lord? It's you. It's you. The sticker is for you. The sticker is for me. And the place where every hour of our week and every area of our life come together more than anywhere else is this device right here, right? Our phones. Email, calendar, appointments, reminders. For me, it's the way I stay on top of my work. It's the way I get a hold of my family. It's the way I manage my finance. It's the way I get my news. It's the way I access my entertainment. You know, everything in life comes together right here. And what a coincidence. It it fits just perfectly (laughs) right on the phone, right? It's where my sticker went. It's where yours can go. Or if you don't have a phone like this, then you know, get a sticker and and put it in a place where you're gonna see it a lot. You know, a bathroom mirror, a car dashboard, front of your fridge, whatever, place it, a sticker where you're gonna be reminded every hour of your week, every area of your life belongs to the Lord. 
And I got to say this, that, you know, since we handed those stickers out, you know, a year and a half ago, it really took off. I mean, much more than I thought. As a matter of fact, do we have any people here who have phones right now with stickers on them? Yeah, a little shout out. Woo! Yeah. As a way, it's a reminder to integrate your faith into everything. Now, here's the added bonus, right? I've heard some stories of people, you know, with those stickers on their phone and others asking, hey, what's that sticker all about, right? And these conversations have sprung up. They've sprung up at work. They've sprung up at school. They've sprung up with family. I even heard a story recently of this happening at a gym where the guy's like, hey, what's that sticker about? And if I've got the story right, the person who asked that question actually now comes to Hopel. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. And I love how that story illustrates that God really does belong in every part of our lives, right? God shouldn't just be limited to one hour on a Sunday, but all throughout our week, even while we're working out. You know, and I thought about this too, like if we're going to sell donuts to you on Sunday, then you might as well make it to the gym during the week, right? So (laughs) just kind of all balances out. So after the service today at both our welcome centers in the lobbies of Bay City and Saginaw, we've got stickers for you to pick up, right? Talked to someone this morning, it's like, I changed my phone, I got a new case, I need a sticker. Welcome Center out in the lobby. Go ahead and pick one up. Put it on your phone. Put it wherever else you want to because whatever we do, whatever we do, whether in word or deed, let's do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks, grateful for the grace, giving thanks to God, the Father through him, through Jesus. That's what it means for us personally. And as I begin to wrap up, I just want to celebrate some of the ways that this 168 kind of faith is making a difference in our church. And it's making a difference in the world around us. See, if we're willing to push past the boundaries of one hour on a Sunday, if we're willing to push past the boundaries of the physical walls of the place we worship, then God can, and I believe God will do amazing things in us and through us. He really will. I mean, just think about the last few Sundays here at Hopevale, two weeks ago in Saginaw. We celebrated the baptisms of 22 people who publicly professed their faith in Jesus Christ. It was a great Sunday through Believer's Baptism. And there's stories that they told. It's about God using this church, God using people in this church, people like you, to bring them to personally experience the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And while all that was going on in Saginaw, Hopewell Bay City moved beyond the four walls of John Glenn High School to serve their community in the name of Jesus through their I Love My City project. We had about 150 people there cleaning up and beautifying Carroll Park in Bay City. We had another dozen or so serving indoors at the Good Samaritan Rescue Mission. We had another group that just went to different places around Bay City and prayed for that community. As a matter of fact, we've got a little glimpse into what that day looked like. Take a look. Isn't that great? You know, we, uh, yeah. What's just, the people in Saginaw clapping for the people who are working. Yeah, that was good. No, seriously. That's great. So true story, the the Parks and Rec director that coordinated the project um, told one of our leaders, um, you have restored my faith in volunteerism by just what happened there, and uh, so great, right? See, living for Jesus was never meant to be limited 
to certain times and specific places. No, it all belongs to him. Then last Sunday, if you were here, we got to hear about the ministry of Open Table that we've been involved with as a church for the last three years, a ministry committed to bringing genuine, holistic, lasting life change to people coming out of poverty. And we've already had a couple dozen from our church, some of you who've invested your time, who've poured in your lives to others. If you missed last week, go on our website and check it out. It has been remarkable to see what God has been doing and changing one life at a time. So let's be the kind of church, right? The kind of church that's known for stories like these rather than the ones I shared at the beginning. And as great as these stories are, I hope it doesn't stop there. Now, I think we're just beginning to scratch the surface of seeing what God can do through a church that's committed to living 168 for him, a church that's motivated by grace, not guilt, a church that's willing to integrate their faith, not isolate it. No, integrate it into everything we do, every hour of our week, every area of our lives. Listen, we're willing to do that together as one church in two locations. There is no telling what God can do. One more story, and I'm going to close with this, that even now as we speak, uh, there is a group of 24 professionals from Delta College. They're in a remote part of Kenya, Africa. They're serving in an impoverished and displaced refugee community there. And of those 24 individuals, five of them just happen to be from Hopewell. Five of 24. And on top of that, we uh, were able to give funds out of our Christmas outreach offering to help with a clean water project there. Not only that, but the sewing circle that operates that some of ladies of our church are involved with were able to send some quilts and other things that they made as a way to minister to that refugee community. See, here's what I love about that story. Now, what's taking place right now, this wasn't a ministry trip, a mission trip set up by the church. No, these are just some Christians who are willing in their professional life to live out their faith wherever the Lord might lead them in a 168 kind of way. I mean, it's just so great to see, right? Because God's not limited to this building. God's not limited to our church life. No, he wants to infuse every area of our lives. And get this, I, I have reports. I wish I had a picture, but I have reports that one of those members was seen walking the streets of Nairobi, Kenya, wearing, get this, a 168 shirt. There you go, right? Halfway around the globe. Because whether it's all the way in the remotest parts of Kenya or it's right in your own neighborhood, let's be the kind of church, right? An integrated faith, motivated by grace to invite God into every hour of our week, every area of our life. So where does that start with you? Where does that start with me? Let's just be open and be amazed at what the grace of God can do in our lives. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for these wonderful reminders that you are a God of goodness, a God of grace, and that in the depth and the guilt of our sin, you sent a Savior to rescue us. You poured out your love to make us your own and to invite us into a life that doesn't isolate our faith from everything else we do, but it's integrated into. So whether we're, we're here on a Sunday morning, we're at work on a Tuesday afternoon, or out with friends on a Friday night, you're there, you're with us, and we are living with you, and we are living for you. God, for some of us here, we have constructed fences, and we have told you, you can't touch this area of my life. We pray that your grace, not guilt, your grace would invite us to places of honesty and not hiding. And that some of us even today would begin, whether it's a confession to you or a conversation with a friend, would take the courageous step to no longer be in bondage, but to step into truth, to step into the light of you, Jesus. And then for us as a church, God, let us not limit what you want to do in us and through us. Thank you for wonderful stories, whether it's the baptism, whether it's the service project, whether it's open table, whether it's uh, people serving in Kenya even as we speak, or whatever else you have in store, God. We don't want to limit you. We want to be unleashed by you and to be your presence in this world, living out your will on earth as it is in heaven.
And even as we pray that collectively, we say that individually, not worried about the person next to us, but first and foremost, just being honest and open to you, God, because we really do want that 168 kind of faith where we invite your lordship to invade every hour of our week and every area of our life. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, gang, let's stand before we go. You know, Pastor Dan's prayer, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, God, we need your help. We need, if we're going to do anything in this life, anything of accomplishment, anything that leaves a legacy, anything that matters, uh, we need God. We need his help. And so this is a great prayer that we can sing together. uh, And Jeff's going to lead us. Take us in, Rod. this whole idea of this holistic thought that Pastor Dan just preached. I wasn't fortunate enough to be here for the first round of the 168 um, sermon series that existed before I started on staff, but I I just love this whole idea. I love that he brought this back in front of us today. And, um, you know, it makes me think of the tattoo on my arm. I've got a scripture here. It says, Matthew 6, 33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Basically means if you put God first, everything else will work itself out in the wash. 168. Go live that to the best of your abilities this day and every day, friends. God bless you. Have a great week.